Three to Us on St. Maximilian Colby by Father Emmanuel Mansford. Raymond Colby was like any boy of his age. Age 10 got into trouble with his mum and his mum asked the question that probably many mums have asked of their sons. Raymond, who knows what will become of you? Raymond just seemed upset by the question but walked off and went to the little altar of Our Lady, Mary, the mother of Jesus, in his house, and knelt before Our Lady and asked her that question, what would become of him? As he knelt there praying, Mary appeared to him, who was ten years old, with two crowns in her hands, one of red and one white, and asked if he wanted them. The red crown symboled martyrdom, the white symboled a life of purity. Raymond chose both. This was his destiny. When he was 16, he joined the Franciscans, the Conventuals, not far from him in Poland. And he began to live his life in service of Our Lady, giving his whole life to Jesus as she did. He founded the city of Our Lady and was devoted to evangelization by the media. He spent many years in Japan printing a magazine that at one point was read by 800,000 people. It was way beyond his time. And yet, although highly intelligent and very, in a sense, successful, he remained humble and poor in spirit, just like Our Lady. He became known as Father Maximilian Maria Kolbe. Raymond became Father Maximilian. This was his life. You know, in our day, we focus on self-fulfillment, self-made man, self-help, and Saint Maximilian Kolbe was selfless, self-sacrificing. This was his life, completely given to God through the hands of Our Lady. And this continued. Eventually he came back to Poland and it was during the time of the war. And again he set up his city of the Immaculate, um, evangelizing through the media with great success. Many, many people encouraged and strengthened by him. And many friars attracted by his example of zeal for the gospel. And yet as Nazi Germany kind of began to encroach upon Poland, Maximilian knew that his time would come. Eventually, uh, he was arrested and taken to Auschwitz, where people were inspired by his example, by his courage, by his love. In a place, you know, where people fought for pieces of bread, he happily gave away his bread simply so that people wouldn't blaspheme. Many, many testimonies of his generosity of heart, his desire to console, his willingness to sacrifice himself, to hear confessions, to put his life at risk, his encouragement to people despairing. Again, this life of selflessness, of self-sacrifice, the love of Jesus and Mary living in his heart. And this culminated in 1941. He was in block 14, and one of the prisoners escaped, and it was a law Auschwitz, 
that if a prisoner escaped, ten prisoners would be chosen to die. And so once it was discovered that this man had escaped, the prisoners from block 14 were called out and stood all evening, weren't given any food. Then they were told they could have something to eat and then they went to bed. And then in the morning they had to get up while all the other prisoners went to work and just stand for hours. No food. People dropping from starvation and exhaustion. Afraid knowing what would come. And then after some hours the camp commandant walked past the row of men and just pointed and called them out. And as he was coming to the end, he came to a man who'd been a a sergeant in the Polish army, Francis Gavonicek. As he was pointed to and called to step out, he cried out for his wife and children. In the silence, Maximilian, Father Maximilian, stepped forward in front of the commandant. And according to the testimonies, there was this silence as the two men looked at each other. And in a sense, it seems to me a real clash of two civilizations of the last century. One seeking to eradicate God, seeking to eradicate human dignity, seeking man's power over all to dominate. And the other one of humility, sacrifice, meekness. He said, what do you want? He said, I am a Catholic priest. I am old. Let me take this man's place. He has a wife and children. He needs to look after his family. The commandant looked at one of his sergeants and said, who is he? Who is this pig? There's a poor little priest. And he simply said, I accept. So the, the commandant called out the names and Father Maximilian and these nine other men were sent to these starvation chambers where they were stripped and locked in cells with no food or water where they were expected to die from starvation. Normally, when this punishment happened to prisoners they were accompanied by cries of agony or blasphemy, torture, despair and yet often could be heard the sounds of singing, praying the rosary, prayers, the strong voice of Father Maximilian consoling, encouraging the other prisoners. One of the guards was so struck by a German soldier that he began to take notes. One by one, as prisoners died, Father Maximilian would give them conditional absolution and bless the bodies as they were taken out. He himself, along with three other prisoners, after two weeks was still alive. And so he was executed by injection on August 14th, 1941. The words of Jesus, quoted by Pope John Paul II at his canonization, are what come to mind. Greater love has no man than that he lay down his life for his friends. St. Maximilian, aided by the prayers and his love for Our Lady, gave himself completely, totally, as she did, up to the point of the cross, so that another man may live, 
another man may go home and be able to look after his wife and family. This man, this priest, Father Maximilian Kolbe, was called by Pope John Paul II, the patron saint of our difficult century, in a sense where so much innocent life was taken through communism and Nazism. He stood for the gospel, for the gospel of life, as a witness. In our age, we, especially men, should be challenged by his life of commitment, of sacrifice, of saying yes to God totally, of being a man for others. I'll close with a quote from Pope Benedict. Above all that of which we are in need at this moment of history are men who, through an enlightened and lived faith, render God credible in this world. The negative testimony of Christians who speak about God and lived against Him has darkened God's image and opened the door to disbelief. We need men who have their gaze directed toward God to understand true humanity. We need men whose intellects are enlightened by the light of God and whose heart God opens, so that their intellects can speak to the intellects of others, and so that their hearts are able to open up to the hearts of others. Only through men who have been touched by God can God come near to men. Only through men who have been touched by God can God come near to men. Auschwitz is a place of desperation and survival. This man... Maximilian, with the light of Christ shining in his heart, brought God into a place of despair, brought the hope of the resurrection into a place of darkness. We need men and women again like this who have been touched by God so that God in our difficult time can once again come near to men. Amen. St. Maximilian Kolbe, pray for us.